my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What is the fastest growing, fastest spreading thing, period, ever in human history? Artificial intelligence. You're listening to Studio 22. Welcome to Studio 22. I'm Will Meldman, here with my host as always, Brock O'Hearn. Today we got a doozy for you. Uh, We are talking about artificial intelligence. And no, not me and Brock feigning to be smart on our podcast with the Burke learning and big words to try to impress the ladies. We're talking about machine learning that tries to mimic human intelligence for problem solving, language understanding, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, there's a laundry list of things that AI is capable of, and it's in the very early stages as well. That's for damn sure. And we will be breaking it up into segments today. And right now, we're going to lead it off with daily uses and common things in your life that you might not even know use AI to uh, function. Let's jump in. What is the first thing that comes to mind with understanding AI? So it really kind of comes into four main categories, right? You got the voice assistant stuff like Siri and Alexa. You have the recommendation-based stuff that, you know, kind of mines your data and tries to predict what, you know, Netflix, Amazon, they all kind of use that. Then you have... They call them recommendation algorithms, essentially. And every major company that has AI uses that. Mm -hmm. So that's a good example of one you might not even realize is AI. Um, Then you have like autonomous vehicles, um, hashtag Elon Musk. Um, And then, you know, the fourth kind of major category would be chatbots, virtual assistants, you know, stuff like that. Um, To really just automated responses you know, triggered with an algorithm by the websites and that sort. Yeah, so that's some of the more basic 
AI, like Siri, I would have never immediately jumped to being AI, right? When you think AI, you think like Terminator and the Matrix and world takeover. Um, but yeah, there, I think there's, there's some pros and cons, without a doubt, to AI, right? Even basic things like social media, right? Like on your feed. Like that's AI trying to tailor what you're looking at on Instagram to, to match your interests and match what you want to see. Wow. So just like so Instagram, I'm guessing Facebook, TikTok, um, that's why the algorithms can be so crazy if you click one thing. Like since I got my golf clubs, I have probably 80% plus videos on my feed now of just golf, right? different golf things. So that's just a sign of the AI algorithm that is activated through social media. 100%. And like, that's the thing is, it's kind of been around for a bit. We just haven't really focused on it. And right now, there's so, I mean, it's growing faster than anything ever. And it's all over the world. And like, we kind of didn't even realize it was there. But now it's making, they're advancing so quickly. Like if you, if you look at like a mid journey photo, which is like an AI art uh, creator, you essentially, the art from a year ago to now, I mean, it's completely different. It looks like a video game from the nineties a year ago. And now it's like the most perfect photograph you could possibly imagine. Uh, That's the cool part is like where it's going. You know, then you have not just the algorithms and Amazon and Google and stuff like that using it for the predictive algorithms and and chatbots, but you also have now more AI softwares that people are using and programs such as MidJourney, ChatGPT, uh, Kyber, you know, all these different things. So, like, have you kind of experimented with any of those or what do you know about them? Like, what's your take on that? Um. Well, one thing I know that there's a big conversation happening right now is with the SAG strike, and there's the WGA strike as well, but the SAG strike, and as an actor, um, that one hits home. And one of the main points was that they wanted to pay someone a day rate, you know, that's around like $350 for the day, scan these people that are in the background of these film projects, TV shows, whatever it is, and use their likeness and image them, but an AI version for in perpetuity for all of time without paying them any extra except for that 350. So they own your image and your likeness over time. And, and that is not okay. That's you know? terrible, dude, because yeah. extras, I like I've been an extra, I've worked with extras as a PA, yeah. they make their living on those, whatever, whatever, $100, $200 each day. And like, it's actually good work. You can turn it into a career, yeah. but like you're working very long hours every day. That's crazy. So, they just rob you of that. Yeah. And that's the difference between, you know, so many people, you have to make a certain threshold, which is about $27,000. I don't know the exact amount right now, but you have to clear this amount. It's about $27,000. And that's so that you can qualify for healthcare as a SAG member. Well, that $350 or those residual checks can be the reason that somebody gets healthcare or not. And that is to where, you know, when you dive into uh, being an extra and, or a background actor, or even a, you know, a, a guest star, that $350 actually could be the difference of you getting your healthcare or not. And then yep. if, if you don't get a second try or a chance because they're using your image and likeness in, in another property, another IP, another uh, film or a TV show, you know, you're, 
margins are going to go lower and lower and they're already increasingly lower. And then we have inflation. Then we have all these other issues in the world. It's already, you know, extremely expensive if you're an actor in LA just to live here. Um, Certainly. But yeah, it's, it's a, you know, which is a good thing that people are standing together for this strike because it's the people that are at the, you know, kind of at the bottom line that are really trying to make a career. And that's the difference too, is that one extra role, you know, Brad Pitt was a background actor, you know, and he, I love this interview that he tried to sneak in the line and everyone basically, you know, tell him to F off. Um, but, but and now it's Brad Pitt, right? But that's someone getting discovered or that's maybe when you're big break or that's something, a foundation for you to build off as an actor. Because as an actor, you have to build your resume and grow and grow and grow until hopefully eventually one day, you know, you're doing the big films and the shows and working with great people. But you make relationships on sets. You yeah. Get, you get other jobs. Like the assistant director will be like, hey, I'm producing another show for yeah. Showtime next week. Come work on that. Like, yeah. As somebody that wants to, you know, is, that is moving into other elements and other avenues in the film industry, you know, uh, directing and producing and writing now and like you learn so much on set with those relationships that you uh you acquire from being on set and then from being on different sets people operate differently they think differently they react differently they, they direct differently and you get around all these things and you learn and take from those and then you continue your art in different ways and you're like well i know how to solve that problem because i saw you know danny mcbride do it in this thing and now yeah. you know and you go on and on and on but if it robs you of those opportunities then what can you do but for me, you know, before this was even a conversation, um, my whole face was scanned and I uh, played Mel Brooks. Um, so it makes me think about these things where it's like, well, now they have actually done a 360 scan on my face and they have access to that. But um, obviously I didn't sign that contract um, that would give my, my image and likeness away for all, uh, all time. Yeah. But for the purpose of that, it was amazing. Uh, for yeah, the of, of the course. World. Yeah, because that's telling a story in a way that is unique and funny and, and great in its own right. So there are the positives of it as well, but it just has to be fair for everybody. Yeah, and like while we're speaking about, you know, AI applications in entertainment, I mean, clearly as a writer and like during, I'm not WGA, but ChatGPT, I could literally just sit here and ChatGPT, all the comic books I'm writing, like all the screenplays I'm writing, that yada, 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 like the tool is there. However, I cannot make it more clear. Like we will never do that. We will always write things ourselves, avoid using AI in that fashion. And there's something about, especially artists, all of our amazing comic artists, like we could be using more AI in our comic books. And you and I have talked about this thoroughly. It's, it's a non, it's a non-starter. And like the whole thing is it removes the human element from art, which is human expression. And like, we could talk about this for hours, but yeah. point being we could save a lot of time and a lot of money by using these AI tools that are available to the public, but we're certainly not and stand firmly with writers everywhere when, you know, they want producers and studios to guarantee them they're not going to lose their jobs as writers to AI. Yeah. hundred percent. At what expense, right? Yeah. What would it cost to move in that direction? And, you know, there's just, something different when it comes to, you know, human creation, human creativity and imagination versus, you know, artificial, artificially generated, it'll, it might be able to make something beautiful, but it'll never be the same. And, and that's the thing that I feel is 
I think AI could eventually get to perfection, you know, and, and maybe in the way they do it, it could be perfect. And that's the beauty of being human is nobody's perfect. Nothing's perfect. And that's everything, you know, the flaws and things are what make them beautiful. And that's a really well said and a really good point. It's like art and expression is imperfection. Yeah. Right. And like a computer can't simulate that. And like, man, you talk about, I mean, there's so many different applications in, in the entertainment industry. Um, but even there's dangers to that, I think, as well, if you think about it. Because what if, you know, somebody goes out and generates an AI-created likeness of somebody doing a horrible, heinous act, and somebody couldn't tell the difference, and they get their entire career or life or get thrown in jail or whatever happens for this heinous act, and it's like, well, is there going to be a point? How Are we going to be able to decipher the difference, you know? And, and how is that going to affect people moving forward, you know? Hundred percent, and I, we could definitely talk for hours and hours about AI and entertainment and, and our stance on that. But I think it's we're get, we're going to explore other industries and other ways AI is helping things like medicine and the medical field, agriculture, right? Like yeah. some of these other major industries that we're going to dive into and talk about, and some of the leading companies right now doing this are pretty much the major players that you'd expect. Google, Amazon, Apple, NVIDIA, Baidu, um, it's Alibaba, right? Like these major, major tech companies are all implementing different AI systems all across the board um, from art to al different algorithms. It, it's They're all working on it. And it's crazy how it's changed Silicon Valley and tech in general in a major, major way. But let's, let's talk about some of these other industries. Agriculture, there's precision farming is what they call it, where you have AI powered drones that can literally fly around, analyze the soil health, and then you can plan where you're gonna farm based on that with the algorithms it's computing as well, based off the geography of the soil health. You also have predictive analysis, where you use AI to predict weather patterns, uh, pest probability, and other things that could neg negatively affect the farming. You can also optimize irrigation with AI and the algorithm to literally plan exactly how much water you're going to use. And this, I think, is one of the most important ones, especially in California with droughts and all this stuff. We're literally using AI as a tool to say, okay, this needs exactly this much water. If we can save tons of water with AI on farming, like I'm all for it. This is one of the things that I think is like the biggest benefit is like industries that can really save resources and help the environment during like weather forecasting, soil health monitoring, saving the water. Like I'm all about this stuff. I really think, and it's not just getting rid of jobs. Like you need to hire people to use the software. You need to hire people to do this. And ultimately you're just saving water and helping the crop yield of that season. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think if we can make processes better to conserve across the board, you know, whether that is animal conservation, water conservation, food conservation, whatever it is, so that it's more efficient. It makes sense that if you're getting, you know, 
10% of your water usage and 90% is going to waste, if you can flip those numbers using AI or even get to 100% uh, of efficiency, you know, that's our water, especially is our, our most precious natural resource that we need to do something like this. And, and that could be a massive, massive benefit. And the same thing with, with um, you know, harvesting and food. It's, it's them creating these harvesting robots that can automate, you know, harvesting certain crops that, that makes it better for us as a whole because we can be more efficient and uh, get more food and resources to the public and to the to the masses with less you know issues, less less uh, uh, negative effect that come out of it. There's a, I'm sure there's a million things that can go bad out of that, you know. Yep. But um, yeah, I mean those kind of things like uh, even even livestock monitoring, right? Yep. Being able to track AI that can track uh, their habits or you know their eating patterns or whatever it may be to check if they're getting sick or to improve their health and productivity as you know uh, livestock. I think that. You know, something like that, it, making it more efficient only benefits people. Now, there's other- And animals. And animals, there you go. But yeah, there's there's those elements of, you know, AI actually improving the life of humans, which um, is what should be the purpose of AI if we're going to have it. And obviously, we're going to have it because every corporation, every, you know, there's independent companies, that it's here. And that's why everyone is, is fighting so hard to develop the best version of it because they want to be the forefront. And that's also technology as a whole since day one, since we started with a, you know, a rock and a stick or whatever it was that made the first fire. Yeah. Um, we've only been evolving ever since. And as technology evolves, now we're in an age of extreme evolution with AI because the things that we're going to be able to do in the timeframes we're able to do is going to be exponentially faster than I think anything ever before. Yep. So it's a matter of being on the forefront of that so that we don't get caught behind. But that's where it's the tricky line of like, you know, you look at Elon Musk with Neuralink, he's trying to integrate people with that. Yeah. And for different reasons, I think, you know, the main purpose of it is to help like neurodegenerative diseases and, and right, reconnecting right. your spine. It's all to help your body work together again uh, properly. But then I'm sure there's going to be implementation implementations of, you know, detecting cancers or illnesses or... That's our next topic. Well, there we go. Let's jump into the healthcare. Healthcare, baby. Absolutely. <laughs> One step ahead of us. Um, just like AI. Just like AI. Exactly. Your, the, your predictive algorithm was very on point. I'm going to take, um, take the chip out now. Get back. Yeah, like medical imaging, AI can literally help a doctor see imperfections, diseases, whatever it is in medical imaging, because they can scan it and literally like, think about that. It's more powerful than the human eye on reading something. And like that alone can save millions of lives over years and years. Like if you're literally, you, you doctors, you take out the human error. Yeah. And then you still have to react to that information. It can be wrong. It could think something's there and it's not. And like that is where human element comes in and we still need to do it. But yeah, medical imaging is a big one. Drug discovery. It can help with pharmaceuticals, right? It can uh, predict issues. It can try different formulations and, and help create new drugs that can save yeah. people also. That'd be amazing in, in the sense of what if AI creates the perfect my dad works in b2b marketing but i never really knew what that meant then one day my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big mql man then he just kept saying things like the more mqls the better over and over my friends still laugh at me to this day 
I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Nutritional diet with all of the right elements for the healthiest version of a human. And maybe it's completely different from anything that we've ever been seen or known or maybe that we've lost touch with, you know, over thousands of years of, of evolving as humans. But what if it's just like, oh, you guys need to have eight ounces of kale and, you know, four eggs in the morning and blah, 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 whatever. Yeah. Um, but the right combinations of those things at the right time that benefit, benefit each individual. Uh, imagine that AI analysis of your entire genetic makeup and then having the proper nutrition to make you the healthiest version of you. Like, that's a pretty cool idea. That's literally another one of the points is predictive care, right? So you can literally put in. I don't your, even need this. You thing. are AI. Are you a robot, Brock? Yeah. Um, yeah, literally. Like you can take someone's habits, someone's height, their weight, their body mass index, their yeah. history of medical issues, and put in a plan. Like you said, whether it's nutrition or whether it's you know have more, you know, eat more cranberries to help your urinary tract or whatever it is, right? Like you can predict that stuff and I don't know why I went there. That was weird. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's all, it's all correlated. It's all related because even I'm thinking naturally from a physical therapy standpoint, if it can just look at your body, right? Scan your body and see where your either weak points are or where you're leaning your weight to, where you're out of alignment, whatever it is, and give you a step-by-step plan uh, uh, that is, you know, that evolves, it grows with, what is the right term for that? Like it, um, um, it's not yeah. measurable. It like, uh, what do you mean? Like a, a progressive, yeah. like yeah. a progressive workout and right. uh, training 
set up that can get you to the healthiest version to where right. all of a sudden optimizes it. Yeah. There, if it's like, well, you need to, for the first three weeks, do the inversion table for eight minutes a day and then step up to 10 minutes or 12 minutes on the, the second week and blah, blah, blah. And then mix that with these seven workouts per day. Well, then your back problem's gone, right? you know, because you're back in alignment. And that's what we do is we kind of just keep trucking along without fixing the actual problem. We, we mask the symptoms with, you know, Medicare and, and, you know, taking pills to cover those, those symptoms up without fixing the actual root cause problem. And that could be a way to mitigate that and go straight into what you actually need is these things. A lot of Eastern medicine, uh, medicinal practices and all that are basically like, they don't treat an illness as like this horrible thing that needs to be destroyed. They like mm -hmm. teach you how to really live with it and adapt and like Western medicine is more of like remove it with surgery and like take pills yeah. to cover it. Right. It's more, it or, treats it like something that it's like, if you have a rash, put cream on it. But then if it's Eastern medicine usually goes to like take ginger root and you know, whatever and your, yeah, diet. your kidneys will heal or whatever. That's right. don't do that. Cause that's not what you need to do, but, no, but you know what I mean? An example. Yeah. Yeah. And it, it's, it's a sign. These are all symptoms of something. Like if you have a rash on your arm, it could be related to kidney failure. It could be, you know, a series of different things that aren't just a rash on your arm. Yeah. And you know? like, again, like there's tons of other things in med medicine that are using AI, these are just like some of the ones to highlight and some yeah. of the main ones. But, um, you know, I, I, this is another thing where I think AI can serve humanity in a great way of, yeah. um, you know, taking out human error on missing things yeah. and trying to predict things. Just like, you know, I think telemedicine, you know, there is an element of how many times, whether it's telemedicine or it's, you know, a credit card company or you're on hold for uh, like... Doctors are unavailable. Doctors are, yeah, exactly. There's a massive list of whatever that, you know, at the DMV or something, and you got a three hour wait. Having something that's AI generated that gets you straight to where you need to go and you jump that wait list because AI can essentially be scalelessness, scaleless, how, what is it, unscalable... Yeah, or you can limitless. You can scale, yeah, limitless. You could scale it as big as you want. Yeah, I definitely don't have AI in my brain right now. Um, but you do. But you can scale it as big as you want, and then that way it can help address each individual's needs. Oh yeah, like think about a, it on we a bigger scale. Totally. We used to go to WebMD, and you kind of like search whatever it is yeah. if you can't find a doctor. But now you have like a super super advanced WebMD that'll give you yeah. tons of different examples and all that. It's like MapQuest. Right. So exactly. We print out we, we used to like print out the instructions on MapQuest and like have to follow them exactly. And I remember how amazing I thought that was. Like I thought yeah, it was yeah. I was like, dude, Revolution. I don't have to guess where it is now. <laughs> yeah, like yeah. I, could, I could, you could just go there. Dude, yeah. It's amazing. But um and if we if we go back to like entertainment, not everything in AI and entertainment's bad either. Like yeah. like we talked about, like Netflix recommendations, social media algorithms, it can still help make things more efficient by like giving you things and predicting well, stuff and knowing your patterns. Wasn't the battle in Lord of the Rings, uh, I think it was at Mordor, where it was all AI generated? Um, well, like CGI is CGI. different from like... But it was an AI, wasn't it an AI generated CGI like like battle? I don't know which way you're the the Mordor battle. I would look it up because I okay. I, I could be wrong because that was also you know what how many decades ago dark decade ago. I, yeah, I don't think they had like 
I, I, I'm only saying that because I believe it was constructed in that way to where it wasn't like they had 10,000 orcs and elves and, you know, whatever battling. They let it generate as, as it would naturally go and then you have this epic battle maybe yeah maybe they had an ai program to like scale the like cgi animated orcs or something yeah yeah i can believe that not as much as in the sense that a lot of people think ai you know you got these robots with artificial intelligence that are having communication you know conversations with us there's different levels you know of course from the most basic like you said siri or i don't know how basic she is but or even a google search a google search is ai yeah. It's artificial intelligence trying to mimic human behavior. It's a definition. Wild. But yeah, like we don't have to spend as much time on entertainment because we talked about this. Yeah, but There's, entertainment's also video games, right? And yeah, virtual reality. And- yeah, and like 100%. And they there's going to be a huge thing when it comes to like 3D models and video games because you can literally, the technology isn't great yet. Like I've tried it. We're just playing around where like you can't, create a perfect 3D model that would be good enough for a game yet. Yeah. However, um, I was watching this like Elden Ring video where there was like a 30 minute video breaking down like the art on a pillar in Elden Ring. And it was so funny because the same pillar was found in a different game, Path of Exile. <laughs> And it's they like go through this huge like this is the history of Elden Ring and the blah 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 <laughs> and it's like nope it's a random asset that they use that was probably AI generated and put in copy and paste so, it from a, yep. a program or something yeah yeah because you can buy assets online for games now like people yeah. make extraordinary things and a lot of, some is AI generated but yeah like what's the name it's of affecting the, everything what's the name of the software uh, that does that. That you can develop like a, like you built. Oh, the 3D model one. There's a few. I can't remember the one that I had, but they're not good enough yet. They're, they're just, but in a year, two years, there's, you can make AI video games where you just type in a thing and it'll give you like a shitty game. But like it's, and by the way, um, Unreal Engine, which I, I create a lot of art in Unreal Engine and, um, I was looking at it. They, they basically have an AI feature where you can, if you want to make a forest that's unique, you can make like a section of a forest and then use AI with nanite technology and spread it across the entire map and it'll give you AI forest. It's, you know, like the new game coming out, Starfield by, I think it's Bethesda or Ubisoft. Um, but they there's like a thousand planets you can visit in this game. And like a lot of those planets are just going to be like randomly AI generated because you can't physically craft all of that specifically. Right. Some will be more built out than others, I mean, but you could, but the amount of time and energy it would take to do that. It's, it's, it's exponential. It, it would be a billion dollar game if you had to like build out all those assets. Cause it's already a $300 million game or $200 wow. million dollar game. So it's like, I mean a thousand worlds, right? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. But a lot of that can be randomly generated AI CGI graphics and, and settings. And then you're going to get there and they're going to have the pillars from Elden ring. <laughs> right. Exactly. The same fucking pillar from the yeah. same game. Um, another industry that uses AI is uh, retail. Like, think about it. In retail, you can do it for customer segmentation based off data. You can essentially make groups of demographics for each customer and, and plan your real t- retail shop based off of the demographics of each customer and segment the audiences. You can, use, you can use AI for inventory management, 
And based off how inventory moves off your shelf, you can use it, a predictive algorithm, to see when and how much of each inventory item that you need to purchase and plan for. See, that would have been nice when I was working at Abercrombie & Fitch or True Religion. Both jobs I'm not exactly proud of. But oh, come on. A job's <laughs> a job, bro. Yeah, but um, um, I, I'm saying that because I didn't enjoy either one of them. <laughs> but I did. there was elements. I had fun at each one. Did you stand um, there with your shirt off in front like Zac Efron and Bad Neighbor? Yeah. Yeah, I did that. That's awesome. I did that. And I can't smell cologne anymore. Comment without. below if you think Brock would be good at that. <laughs> well, it's funny because there's like Abercrombie models, which every every person was considered a model, right? But then they have the real models that um, they pay like a million dollars a year to go model. And, and Aaron, actually, O'Connell, who we had on the podcast, was an Abercrombie model. The real Shout one. out, Aaron. And I was over there making like 150 bucks an hour, two or three times a week, maybe, if I was lucky. Um he was over there getting a million bucks. So cool, dude. Fucking Aaron, man. Aaron. <laughs> Real cool, dude. <laughs> Aaron, come back to the pod. Let's do another one. Yeah, he's a dad now. Papa. Papa or, or Aaron. I guess he was a dad then. And he's a pilot. He is a pilot. And he saves puppies. I've gone, I've flown quite a few times with, with Aaron. He's an incredible pilot. And, you know, being type A, I think, very much helps with that because you can check every little box. And, and A for asshole. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> He's an awesome, talented dude. And, I know. And I love you, Aaron. Well, I, well I honestly want you to come back. Um, of course. But yeah, no, like uh, all jokes aside, all I remember is counting the inventory in the back and like checking every amount of, you know, tag and how many freaking pairs of skinny jeans we had left before we like ordering it. I'm like, oh, this yeah. so AI. AI can do that. And like when I was working on Your Highness in Belfast, Ireland, I was interning in different departments, mainly production, but I went to the costume department for a week and I literally had to tag. We had thousands of costumes on that film, like similar kind of like Lord of the Rings, medieval stuff. And I'd have to tag and mark each one and like do all that. And I don't think AI could solve that. Maybe it could, but anyway, it just reminds me of like inventory. Personalized marketing you can use AI for based off the customer and their interests and their purchases. You can tailor marketing towards them. Price optimization. You can literally price different things off how well it moves and different. um, It can collect data from all the different items across the Internet on those prices. I was going to say if somebody created an app that does that and just give me 1% or 10, whatever you want to do, go make that app. And then you could type in exactly what you want and it finds the absolute best price on the internet. And then you can buy it. Like that would be genius. Yeah. Our buddy RJ who runs price.com, we got to get him on the pod. Oh, that'd be cool. Great. Great dude. He's like price.com is a great website for like getting discounts and and searching similar, but not exactly. Yeah. Um, And then the last, another retail thing is just similar to Amazon is like virtual chatbots that can help you help you while you're shopping. And, um, tailor you through that your own virtual shopping assistant and another industry there are quite a few industries my friend that have ai one of them being 
Manufacturing. Yeah, I mean, one thing that I can do in manufacturing is the quality inspection, right? So we can see if the product is a quality product, if it has any, you know, issues, dents, malfunctions, whatever it is, and it can, you know, uh, detect that and get rid of it so that it doesn't go. Because imagine how many times, and you see it all the time in like Amazon reviews, right? You're like, my, uh, you know, pen came with no ink in it or like, you know, I got a dent in my, my, you know, my book was ripped or something, whatever it is. It's just sometimes happens with travel. Sometimes it gets happened in the manufacturing process, right? There's a bunch of different reasons and and things that go wrong, but, um, having AI to put out a perfect product all the time would be a major bonus for quality control in your business. And then you've got predictive maintenance, right? Mm -hmm. And which is maintenance of the machines in manufacturing, right? And they can predict, you know, the lifespan, the lifespan, how long, when it needs an oil change, like uh, how long. A- hey, Justin, I'm going to check your oil. That's an inside joke that I'm not even inside in. So don't feel left out, guys. Sorry. I, I am also left. <laughs> I interrupted. I know, but I know it's an inside joke. I know that much, um, obviously. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it can create predictive maintenance, which I think is really cool too, because you know, we all have had a car breakdown, uh, or at least most of us anyways, and it would have been nice to know that, you know, your tranny was going to drop an hour before it did. Um, and sometimes you can't exactly predict that stuff. There's a lot of elements. But if you had the option to more correctly do that, then it could cost you and save you a lot of money on the on the back end, right? Dude, very Front similar end. is like production planning, supply chain optimization. It can literally plan your production schedule to optimize it, minimize defects. Like there's so many things AI can do to really kind of make everything more efficient, optimize it and check for all this stuff. I mean, it's pretty crazy. And not to, not even to mention like AI robots that, that build it, right? Like they've been using AI to manufacture things for a long, long time. Like we, and you know, this is where we talk about like jobs and is AI going to take away jobs? Yes, it will, but it will also create new jobs where you have like more engineers and stuff that are managing the AI and managing all this stuff. So but, that's the CEO of NVIDIA was speaking yeah. um, at a graduation ceremony, I think like Boston University or something like that. And he's basically like, look, this happens with every industry. When an industry is revolutionized, like we had children working in factories in the 1800s. And like it was still happening today in different parts of the world. Very true. And it's terrible. And like the whole point is like we had machines replace them so they didn't die of lung cancer in their 20s. Right. Like yeah. that is an improvement that helps humanity that technically got rid of jobs, but replaced them. And like, there's still lots of jobs in manufacturing and like, we're just, AI can help make it all more efficient and it's it's more safe, you know, like all this stuff. Now, most people that are working those manufacturing jobs, not to discredit anyone, but some of them don't have the ability to go and be an engineer or, you know, the mind to do so. I, I mean, I don't. And, so there's the there's that line of like, what are those other jobs that are going to procure for those people in those positions, right? So they can provide for their family. But then at the same time, there's an element of the automation that gives you a bit of a freedom, you know, in the sense of like, there's even more of a safety element, right? If we can figure out what those other jobs are for these people that are in those positions that need the jobs, need the money, whatever it is. And it's a very respectable position that, you know, helps this world keep going around, right? Manufacturing is a huge thing, man. Like yeah. why every everything we have here is because of manufacturing. 
every presidential election, it comes down to who's going to bring more manufacturing jobs back to the United States, right? Like, that's a big, big thing is keep manufacturing in the U.S. And I am a huge proponent of keeping manufacturing in the United States because it's they're great jobs. They do. They make everything, like you said. And um, there will always be jobs in manufacturing. It's just like any other industry. Like everything has specialists, right? There's hierarchies, there's specialists, there's going to school for certain things. And it's essentially just like, what is your skill set and what do you want to do? And, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. Um, It's all, it's just tomato, tomato, comparing apples and oranges. Yeah. It's evolution, you know, and a, a different form of it. But it's a technological evolution. And with that evolution comes the evolution of finances. Finances, baby. It's another industry. So what's another, what's like one simple thing you can do with AI and finance? Fraud detection. It can go in and predict and scan all these different transactions. It can point out habits, like spending habits. And if it goes off course, it'll flag it. Right. Like that's a huge thing that helped. Identity theft is a huge issue. And AI. (laughs) Just the office. I thought of it too, but I was keeping a straight. Identity theft is not a joke, Jim. (laughs) Millions of people are affected every year. Yeah. Um, Had to do it. Yeah. Um, But seriously, it's not a joke and it sucks. And like people can lose a lot of shit and like AI can really help with early fraud detection. Not a joke. Very serious. Yes. Brock. It's very serious, Brock. Yeah, it is. It is. Um, credit scoring. <laughs> yeah. Can help with credit scoring. Basically, even, yeah, your credit scoring, right? So it can track, yeah. like, um, uh, credit risk based on a different, all kinds of different versions or a variety of data that's out there. So it can actually help with your credit scoring. If right? you're planning to make a big purchase or something, it can assess the risk for you. And yeah. like, and maybe your yeah. credit card is on a website or you used it somewhere that was a little fishy and it's going to flag it for you or somebody right. got access to that. It has a high risk. Uh, Even algorithmic trading. Like you can literally use AI to predict investments and trading on the stock market. And this is going to be a really that, interesting one because you can actually like. That's not legal, is it? I I don't know why it wouldn't be. Oh, really? Like, because think about it. You're just like, because a lot of people's jobs are to assess the safety of different investments, right? Like, it's the whole game of the stock market is trying to predict. And um, AI can certainly help with that. So, like, we'll get into the legislation part later because th- we're going to have to create laws around AI and figure all this stuff out. Um Copyrighted images, copyrighted likeness, trading, all this stuff. However, education is another industry. Do you think it's going to hurt or help education? Because how many people uh, do you think have gotten busted with creating a... There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You're a growing business, which means you need every spare hour you can find. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. 
Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place. Start a call instantly in huddles and ditch cumbersome calendar invites. Or build an automation with Workflow Builder to take routine tasks off your plate. No coding required. Grow your business in Slack. Visit slack.com to get started. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. A chat GPT uh, essay at this point. I don't think it's a small amount. I think that'll be the big issue, but it's a very simple fix. There's software that schools can use to see if it was written by AI. Well, I've seen there's prompts. as simple as that. There's prompts you can put in to reverse that. No, it's, but kids aren't going to do it. Like they're basically, they're either going to AI a paper and get caught and then learn their lesson or, you know, or not. And like, there's a very simple way of addressing that. I think it will be an issue, but kids are going to realize like, okay, we're going to get caught for this, right? They're going to see other kids get caught and then understand, I have to write this. But AI can also like you can do really, Sorry. no, no, it can help plan curriculum. It can help with like, if, you're, if a kid has a learning disability, it can give it other options on mm-hmm. how to learn. And like, I think it can be a very useful tool for education in that sense. It's good because I think the way that we are educated is very blanketed in the sense that it's kind of the same for everybody across the board, I feel, um, unless you go to like a private school and you have a little bit more one-on-one or, or uh, a little bit better of interactions with less, not as many people, right, but a big public school too. Like I grew up going to public schools and um, you kind of get lost in the mix and, and we all think and learn, you know, some people are auditory learners or visual learners, yep. or uh, some people have more left brain than right brain. And what, and it's like, you know, our personalities are different. Our interests are different. And, you know, figuring out what people's skill sets are, their natural ability is, is, you know, if, if people lean towards more being a musician and that's a, a gift and a craft that they should develop, you know, yeah. um, or deductive reasoning or, you know, engineering, problem solving on a high level. It's like, there's so many different ways to learn and, it's that that quote. I don't know if it's Einstein or whatever it is, but if you if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it'll spend its whole life thinking it's dumb. Right. You know. It's like, yeah. You know, we're all different. We're all unique, and we're all special in our own right. You know. We um, yeah, one hundred percent. We all so, learn differently. Yeah. I'm a very visual learner. I'm not. I'm worse at auditory. Very very visual. So like in French class, I would ace my test if it was written. But then when the teacher would like speak to me fast, it'd be a little harder. Yeah. I, I was slow. I was visual, but I was like a slow visual learner. And so I'm the same way with reading. I can read, if I read a book very slowly, I'll remember all of it. But if I read right. it super fast, it kind of goes through. And it was like, we'd have these well, teachers. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, more or less, right? But we had to have teachers that would give you the lesson, write it all out. And before I could even write it down, they would erase it. And I'm like... Oh yeah, I see you what know, you give mean. Give me eleven like, seconds a more time more. to process. Yeah, yeah, because then it will lock in for me. But right, right. I understand that about myself, though. Yep. You know, and that's why some uh, teachers are better than others for different people, right? Yeah, and it's like with you studying lines, right? Like you, once you know the lines, you're good. But take a little extra time to read them and, and nail them. 
yeah. right? And there's different tricks and tools and it's a muscle, you know, you do something repetitively over and over, you get better at it. Eventually. I mean, I've done auditions with you where like I've helped you film them and you're amazing at them first off. <laughs> Some of them but are. Like, yeah. But it's, it's um, once you nail the lines, you never even like look at them again. Yeah. And, and that's, yeah. And I think there's a major, just to touch on that really quick is the more preparation you do, the more freedom you have in that moment and, and the better of a job you're going to do, right? And treat yeah. it like a job. But there's also been moments where I've been extremely busy and even I think you've seen it where I learn the lines when the cameras are already up, you know? And I'm like, I have them right there in front of me and then I do it a couple of times and I'll get it in my, my, my well, psyche. I trying right? not but, to mention that. But, but it's the way you do it sometimes. Sometimes you got to just have the, the lines right there and you got to read them and it is what it is. And Damn you perform it, and you hope it's everything. But no, I yeah, wish I could say- It depends on how much time you have. Yeah, I wish I could say my schedule allowed for me to, you know, and sometimes you get an audition it's due the next day or it's due the day right. of. And I'm like, right. I don't have time to craft this character so i'm yeah, just going to bring yeah. up the best version of whatever i can i can do and perform something but right. and hope they like it you know but at the end of the day so we'll breeze through a few more like transportation obviously you have automated vehicles right and like everything going on there and that we could spend hours talking about the safety and the you know societal commitment we have to like keeping that safe um but you can also use it for predictive maintenance when a car is going to fail. You can use it for traffic, right? Like cities can use it in urban planning to, to plan traffic grids, which I think is super helpful. And like for, for uh, freight shipping, right? Like you look at Long Beach, the port here, one of the biggest ports in the world. And it, it, things coming from all over the world, you can literally plan the logistics of like incoming freight and really optimize the usage there, which saves everyone time and money. So there are very great resources it can help with in transportation. That's awesome. Yeah. Same thing with energy, right? So you can have smart grids that can optimize the distribution of energy on the grid, which is huge, especially, you know, I mean, a state like California that's trying to move to all electric vehicles, right? And, and not, not to say we do or don't, I don't obviously don't think we do have the infrastructure for that right now, but having a smart- well, take grid, a lot of coal to power all those vehicles. That's another conversation, yeah, right? But but the smart grid can help mitigate that energy, right? Yeah. Um, and predictive maintenance, like you, like you said, even on uh, transportation and- energy usage forecasting, you know, depending on hot days in the, in the month, probably, uh, or during summer months, you're probably gonna use a little bit more AC, a little bit more, uh, electricity in different versions. And even when it's darker out, right. Um, how people are going to use their, their, their sources of, uh, you know, light and electricity, uh, even in renewable energy, maybe it can help maximize it to a different level to, uh, make it more effective. Yeah. Cause that's a big problem. I think is that, you know, uh, wind, solar, um, and these other forms of renewable energy are not enough to make sense to go to the masses yet, at least not to my knowledge, where, you know, you don't produce enough quick enough, like with solar, for example. Like, I've got solar panels on my truck. This whole house is solar paneled. Yeah. 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 Even so, the so pool heater. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, but, it, but it's to that point of, like, being able to do that on a large scale so that everyone can benefit from it, right? Off a natural resource that we have unlimited amount of, which is the sun. Um but yeah, I mean, it's the same thing with oil and gas exploration, right? Probably be able to dictate the- That's a big one. Yeah, you can dictate the best uh, locations most likely and yeah, exactly like by analyzing geological data and uh, putting it all together and kind of, you know, go find some oil, go find some uh, some gas that we need. I like it. 
Um, and then another, one of the last industries we'll cover is uh, real estate. You can use it for property valuation, right? Based off all the data of the location, everything around it, crime rates, um, school systems, and the pattern of the ups and downs of the property valuation all around it, right? So that's a good predictive AI method for real estate. Property management when it comes to scheduling and, you know, every three months you need to get sprayed for bugs, you need to get mold check, you need to get all this. So like it can help with AI or AI can help with property management. Uh, Virtual property tours. This is an interesting one. This one... You can literally, I've like, I've seen on Unreal Engine, I use Unreal Engine a lot, and I could essentially create, I could definitely create my home in Unreal Engine. I know for a fact I could do that. So like, if I ever wanted to sell this house, I wouldn't even really need AI for that, but you could use AI for that. And um, I could create a virtual tour of my house and put it on the market. And, you know, that's kind of cool, actually. Obviously, like some of the other industries, it can be used for investments. You can predict good or bad investments. And then another one that's like super practical is smart homes, right? Like AI can basically run entire homes, Um, everything from like Alexa controlling the lights to the speakers to everything. Like you could literally have a smart home and AI could control all of it like Iron Man or Cortana and Halo. But yeah, that's some of the practical ways real estate and AI can kind of combine and you can make things more efficient and um, use predictive algorithms to, um, you know, enhance your real estate experience. (laughs) So the future of AI, where are we and where are we headed? Again, I'm not just talking about me and Brock trying to sound smart on our own podcast. I am talking about extremely powerful machine learning softwares and programs. Right now, we're at the very beginning stage. The nickname for it is weak AI, also known as artificial narrow intelligence. So like we are essentially, when you think of the Netflix algorithm that predicts what you want to watch, right? ChatGPT even, some of these softwares, they're very specific, small, task-orientated things that are programmed. So... The next stage would be what is nicknamed strong AI or artificial general intelligence. That would be closer to the exact intelligence of a human, right? This is where we think of AI robots like in the movie Alien and Aliens, right? Like the, um, I forget what they're called, um, synthetics or something. Um, But that's like, Anything that could actually perfectly mimic a human would be artificial general intelligence. And that is the next stage. That is like, we're, not, we're nowhere close to that right now. Thank God. And then I'll, I'll right. Strong, and I'll, strong AI is what we call that. Strong AI is what we call that. Brock AI. <laughs> and then the third one, just to define it and then we can discuss, is artificial super intelligence. Artificial super intelligence is essentially what you see in like the most advanced science fiction ever. It's the most complex form of AI you could think of. It's anything that would completely surpass human capabilities, right? Like we're talking about 
computing at a, at a rate that's faster than the brain, faster than the nerves and synopses in our brain that process information extremely quickly, essentially at the speed of light. So like this is Terminator level supercomputer beyond anything like scary yeah. level. What's, what's that movie with Scarlett Johansson where she, I think she takes that, the, the blue pill, like the crystals maybe. Um, and it, it basically unleashes so much cause they were using it as like drug mules, basically her and two other people like limitless. It's like limitless, but it's different where it caused her like entire body to just keep on there's different levels of consciousness. And so what it did through time is eventually, you know, Morgan Freeman was in it too. And, and he was saying, you know, that human consciousness either to pass on has to repre reproduce and pass on that information through, you know, our, our physical bodies and, and verbally and whatever else, or it becomes uh, limitless. It doesn't ever die. It lives on forever. So she transformed basically into a giant supercomputer. Um, but even through that, that was, was it AI. It was it it or was it just like expanding the brain? We'd have to point. look it up yeah. anyway. But Is, it, was it the film Lucy? Lucy, yeah. Was it, she a robot? She basically became one <laughs> by the level of yeah, robot so pill. I guess I kind of messed that up because it's not really technically that, but it is that in the sense of like she, Expands her intelligence expands so much. She became a, a a computer basically. Right, right. Like it, that would be an example exactly of like literally anything that surpasses human intelligence. Yeah, and and that was her abilities. One of her abilities throughout time, besides like she became she be able to shapeshift, but she could search the internet across the board and get any information instantaneously. Right. This is like Ultron levels of super intelligence, right? Where you are highly capable and very past human. Um, but yeah, like, then think of how crazy that is to think about. Like we are at weak AI, which is the first stage of AI. And like, we're already being able to like, like DeSantis posted a AI photo of Trump and Fauci hugging. And it's like, we're already at the point where people can like, one of my favorite YouTubers, Charlie Hopkinson, who hopefully is coming on the show, Charlie, Charlie gonna get you on buddy but he um does the deep fake uh obi-wan and qui-gon videos that yeah. are hilarious and everyone loves and it's literally you know he's a comedian he's an impersonator but and he does the voices like perfectly and it literally looks like obi-wan qui-gon and anakin are just sitting there having a chat watching tv and he does that with ai it, with deep fake ai yeah yeah and it's like it's so funny and advanced of like, we're at the yeah, beginning stages and like things are already indistinguishable from yeah. reality. There was a, there was a guy on uh, uh TikTok, and I forgot what it is. It's like unreal Keanu Reeves or something like that, but it's Keanu Reeves, not Keanu Reeves doing all this like funny dancing and like random things. But there's people out there that, that truly believe that it really is Keanu Reeves doing all this weird stuff. Right. Yeah, because it is indistinguishable, except for the fact that he's doing things that probably Keanu Reeves would never do. Totally, dude. And, like, this is a perfect lead-in to the next segment, essentially about the ethical responsibility with AI, right? What do we have to beware of? What do we have to look out for? There's already legislation being made. Like, people have to protect their copyrights, their likeness, um, and privacy. They're, like, people are 
AI can only function with data. It needs input data and then it learns from that data. So like that's our data, that's our likeness and like copyrights for artists. Like you go to AI and it's like, do you want this to look like a Van Gogh painting? You know, like Van Gogh can't defend himself, you know? Hmm. Um, but how, what do you think is one of the biggest things ethically that's a problem with AI or something we need to look out for? I mean, that's a tough question because I don't know everything about AI, but um, I just think it's that it's the same kind of age old question with, you know, something like Terminator or the Matrix or whatever it is, stuff that, you know, you hear people like Elon Musk and whoever talk about or warn you about AI getting to the point where it, sees humans maybe as, uh, you know, unnecessary pieces to the puzzle. I don't know, you know, but like if it gets batteries, so, batteries, exactly. Um, but getting to the point where it can become destructive or, you know, globally destructive, uh, because of some random, you know, ideal that it's generated for some whatever reason you know there's a million reasons why if you watch enough film and tv as to why that can get to that point but um it's scary that it can invade everything you know you could have zero privacy left whatsoever and then if it gets to the point where it becomes dangerous you know it's it's uh it's, i feel like it's a pretty scary thing another thing we have to look out for with ai is bias like if you literally went to chat gpt in the beginning and asked it about like political questions I don't care how you feel politically. Everyone's welcome here. We're not going to shove politics down your throat. Like we, it's, we just, we don't enjoy the topic of politics is why we don't talk about it. But it clearly had a liberal bias. And what I'm against is any type of bias. I don't care if you're a Democrat or a Republican or a libertarian, it shouldn't, something that's acting as an authority figure for knowledge should not have a political bias. And whether it's Republican, Democrat, whatever, it just shouldn't lean one direction because it's posing as an authoritative figure and trying to teach you knowledge about something. So like that was my biggest thing in the beginning is like, why is this bias? Well, again, you need to input data and people are inputting data one way or another. And it was leaning left for sure. Um, which again, I don't care how you vote, you know, but something acting as something that's teaching you something should not be biased. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, I think that, you know, it should be fair and used properly regardless of whatever that looks like. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't, I don't know exactly what you're referring to, but if it's data that's inputted, you know, incorrectly or not, that has a bias, I think that's not uh, maybe the best way to do it. Right. <laughs> you know? Um, Whichever way it's leaning, right? Like, yeah. it doesn't matter. It should be impartial, and it should just try to give you normal information. I've, it's, I think they fixed it because there were tons of YouTube videos about it and stuff like that. And people were like all up in arms, which of course half the country will be up in arms if it's favoring the other half, right? Like that's, it's as simple as that. Um, but yeah, just something to be cognizant of, of like 
who's inputting the data and what are they inputting? Because yeah. it could, what if it's pro a certain policy and then well, this AI becomes the software in every single computer everywhere, but it's, let's say, pro-abortion or pro or anti-abortion, right? Like if it's leans one way on an issue, but is omnipresent, then people that don't feel that way on that issue are going to be against it, right? It's as simple as that. Moving on. Copyright infringement. We talked about that with entertainment, right? Um, Legislation. Let's go to some of the legislation. So in April 2021, the European Union instituted their very first legislation about AI. And it's essentially a framework that you can use to move forward. They proposed new regulations, And if adopted, it would put restrictions on certain uses of AI. For example, they had real-time remote biometric identification systems, which could literally like scan you, learn everything about you in real time. I'm I'm glad they're cognizant of that. And regulating high-risk AI systems. So they're essentially just starting the framework. The EU is putting into place some regulations to really prevent the most invasive forms of AI that they could use. There's been a few laws in the U.S., like they're starting to approach it. Um, The main one was essentially about facial recognition software and, you know, not allowing companies to just use it all willy-nilly. But yeah, it's, it's being talked about and they're starting to propose things and I'm glad they're really focused on the privacy and data-driven stuff on our personal information uh, more than anything else. In conclusion, as we wrap up this AI discussion, we've shown you real-world examples, everyday examples, things that have already been in use for years, and we've talked about industries and how it applies to certain industries to make them more efficient, more predictive, more data-driven, and we've talked about the ethical implications of AI and what we think of really what we got to look out for when using this new powerful technology, right? What are your biggest takeaways of AI? Uh, I would say probably my biggest takeaways would be it is here. It's not going anywhere anytime soon. Um, I think making sure that it's used properly and not to harm people is something to look out for because I think that that could go south real quick, especially in the hands of the wrong people. Uh, And making it fair too. Like I think if one company, you know, even if their views are a little skewed in any way, if they become the biggest, you know, producer of AI and whatever that looks like, um, that's a lot of power. You know, that's a lot of access to information. That's a lot of... Um, obstacles that we have to look out for for people like me that don't, don't understand AI, you know, um, uh, and what it looks like in a grand scheme or where it's going, you know, because it, it essentially has a limitless potential to surpass humanity uh, as far as, you know, the ability, the cog- I can't say cognitive reason, it's not cognitive, right? But the ability no, to, you know, kind of, right? It's like mimicking artificially, right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I think that it, it can bring a lot of positives. I think there could be a lot of medical advances and agricultural advances. I think a lot of things could help serve people. 
if it's used right. But I think going too far over could be uh, potentially, you know, it's it's a catch-22, man. It could be good and it can be bad. And I don't know what yeah. it looks like. I have no clue. My biggest takeaways are I really like the pros of using it in the medical fields and agriculture. I think if we can save water, if we can save resources, save time, help diagnose diseases, help doctors in their prognosis, like I really think that can be extremely beneficial to humanity. And I'm all for that. However, my biggest concern is really when it comes to education and kids using this stuff to write papers and getting in trouble and maybe literally getting expelled for plagiarism, whatever it is. And when it comes to entertainment and, you know, writers' jobs being taken away, um, we're very pro writers. We are pro artists. We are pro creatives. Again, our comic book company would never do an AI comic. We work with artists. We enjoy the human element of art and self-expression. A computer cannot express. Um, and yeah, and like people's likeness um, and protecting that. And yeah, I think that's a pretty comprehensive, of, uh, comprehensive view of my stance. I am uh, most worried about the Terminator. Terminator, yeah. That's a big worry of mine. I'm ready for it. But dangerous times. Yeah, and we'll continue to use artificial intelligence on our podcast in, when it comes to us pretending to be smart. Welcome to the first AI-generated virtual podcast. Not just audio, but video. Is this us or is it not? Well, Spencer's trying to be pretending to be smart this whole time. Are you, Spencer? Time to play Call of Duty. Peace out. Thanks for tuning in to Studio 22. Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card... Right this way. It's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Managing your diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results, like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility.